Hello, friends. How are we today? I'm Nick Roush. He's Adam Luckett. Is this a good gym dance for you? <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was NFL gym dance, Final Four, Give My Tie Away gym dance, or Masters gym dance. Many people are wondering if, is gym dance done with the... Uh, Final Four, yes. He's done with Final Four. I can't remember who they... Brad Nessler. Is Nessler calling it? Nessler's I don't know, I don't know it. if it was him or Eagle. Wait. It might be Eagle, come to think of it. I don't, I don't remember. Is he done? Is Jim Nance done doing NFL games? That's another speculation. No, he's not done yet, I don't think. Not yet? Okay. okay. Who would you be your vote, CBS, to plug in for him if he was done? Uh, Kevin. Eagle? No, no, no. Um, Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan's the best. But he's so good at radio, too. I think Kevin Harlan, very underrated. Love him as a broadcaster. Not a big fan of the CBS crew in general. In Romo, just, yeah, you know. He, he was all over the board Sunday for the Super Bowl. It just wasn't, I don't know. And it feels like Tony, like I get it, you're Tony Romo, just do the Tony Romo things. Didn't feel like he's made Nance, like, worse. I feel like he's taking some of the big game out of Jim Nance doing football. These are, these are Super Bowl, Jim. These are the games that matter. What would you know about the Super Bowl, Tony? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing at all. Um, what we know is that we're here at 11 Personnel, presented by Monticello Bank, to talk to you about Bush Hamden, where today he was announced as Kentucky's new offensive coordinator, the fifth new play caller in the last five years, the sixth offensive coordinator of Mark Stoops' 12 years at Kentucky. And Luckett, I think the people are here because they want to know, did he win the press conference? Is Bush Hamden going to be the guy, the right guy for the job? Yeah, here at KS Bar and – Probably five, six, 16 years when uh, the Stoops era is over. A trivia question will be name all of the Stoops offensive coordinators. The bonus will be the wide receivers coaches. That one you really <laughs> got to dig deep. A lot of names there. And so I think Bush Hampton today, uh, Nick, we talked about what is what is the goal for the sire. I think we kind of got that confirmed or played out today, right? Um, they want to stay in the pro-style family, but they want to be more college-ish Get the best way to say, um, they want to get off plays faster. They want to mm -hmm. not break the huddle and go slow as molasses. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like I'm going to say this a thousand times over the next nine months. Um, just because someone doesn't huddle doesn't mean they're a tempo offense. Oh, we've got to we've got to emphasize that. But it, it it still is though. Music, I think, to most fans here, just point blank period. Our base offense is no huddle. Now. It'll be no huddle, and then you look over to the sideline. And I think even the huddles they get in will not be the traditional seven, eight-yard circle huddle off the ball. If you kind of go and watch Bush Hamden's previous team, it was like a huddle two yards from the line of scrimmage. The receivers don't get in the huddle. It's just the lineman. Mm -hmm. QB gets the call, tells the lineman, and then they turn around and line up. Um, so even then, the operation of that is quicker, right? It's yes. Less moving parts. Where before, you know, it's the old school. Like when we grew up playing football, this guy from the sideline come in, bring in the play, call the play, get to the line. I think Kentucky, they're going to expedite that process. And I think that was a big part uh, of the search for Mark Stoops. I think they wanted to find something more like college football modern, I guess is yeah. the best way to put that. And I think Bush Hamden checks those boxes. And uh, I think the big takeaway for me, Nick, he's good behind the microphone today. Oh, yeah. A Which good, helps you win the press conference. A good talker, but he has points he wants to make, and he gets those across. And I think that that occurred today. Yeah, there wasn't uh, a ton of flowery 
language. So let's kind of get into the specifics um, because as you mentioned, first and foremost, no huddling. That doesn't mean no huddle. Um, we're doing Josh Heupel running plays every 10 seconds. The old uh, uh, Art Browse running, just going 100 miles an hour. I do think, though, if you even when you're not huddling and you're just getting to the line and you're calling the plays from the line, having that as your base, it allows you to be more comfortable when you do need to go fast. Right, like so that I'm not. You have a, it's built in the infrastructure of your offense. Where exactly. Because think about, I mean, even Cohen when they were successful in 2021. One thing holding this team back is, and why you saw him so excited on the field after the Citrus Bowl is, they finally got a two minute offense to work. They finally moved the ball effectively down the field. They were able to play fast. That was the hardest thing for that offense to do. And some of it goes back to this college friendly uh, thing where. You don't have to use such long verbiage to get in the play calls, right? And I also think there's a difference in spending all of your time in the NFL and then adapting to college versus going to the NFL, learning it, and then implementing some of those schemes and concepts into your college offensive style. Yeah, I think it's fair to say Kentucky's offense the last three years was an NFL-first offense that brought to college. Yes. And where I think with Hamden, it'll be more of a college-first offense with blend of NFL Correct. structure. And, and what exactly that means, in the way that Hamden put it, is that your passes look like your runs, your runs like your pa- look like your passes before the snap. And maybe even you know a few seconds into the snap, right, where you got play action and different things, and you accomplish that by changing up motion, changing up formations, and changing up tempo. It's a lot of just trying to keep – because like the name of the game here is how do you put the defense on their heels? And the pro style tries to accomplish that by keeping them guessing before the snap and then right as the snap happens. Right, right. Uh, winning the pre-snap fight, right? Like, mm-hmm. That's really what it's all about. Winning the pre-snap fight, not giving it away, um, trying to if take if the defense wants make the defense show their hand and then counter to that. Like we saw, I mean, I, I forgot what broadcast it was during the NFL where they talked about the percentage of motions just – tripling in the last three years yeah. because that's – in the NFL, it is more of a chess match and trying to see, all right, are they in zone here? Are they in man? Where's the blitz coming from? Uh, using those running backs in different ways yeah. out of the backfield. So, uh, from that aspect, the big picture, what's the offense going to look like? And I think the other part, too, is do we feel confident that he is a competent – offensive coordinator and just from the, his demeanor the way he carries himself there there is a little bit just his overall demeanor that you're like okay like this guy I like the cut of his jib right like he's not out here trying to be a big showbo he's just trying to convey his message and be as straightforward and direct as possible yeah I think just with written about it just go look at the numbers like if you don't think he's a good coordinator I don't know what to tell you I mean the numbers are good. They're not. I wouldn't say he like it's, he's the second coming of Lincoln Riley or whatever, but he's had good productive offenses at all three stops, um, and even at Missouri, they did some good things. To me, I think what'll be my bigger takeaway, I think from today, Nick, is that running the football like that was a big talking point. Like Kentucky has a style of play. It's running the football. It's being able to run the football and 
maybe mixing in some more college-type run game. Now, mm-hmm. What do you mean by that, Adam? I think QB run, number one. Like He talked about that today. Well, I'd love to hear that. How big of a deal that is and how much you want to take advantage of that. In the last three games at Missouri in 2022, when he took over play calling, Brady Cook ran for over 300 yards. Ran for over 100 yards against Tennessee and over 100 yards against Arkansas. So, uh, against SEC competition, he had big games. He said that the quarterback needs to be able to run for two first downs a game. Right. Which is, I mean, you saw that in the Super Bowl. He said it's a critical part of an offensive plan for for his offenses. Which is a nice juxtaposition compared to the other guys who were dragging their feet. Cohen finally budged um, halfway through Will Levis' first season. He really couldn't do it with Leary last year, but Skangarilla drug his feet. Right, and I think you look at all that and you kind of just got to look at at it through the prism of Kentucky in 2024, right? We think the offensive line will be improved. They've got all these pieces returning. I think they'll be improved, but at best, it's probably going to be a middle-of-the-pack group in the league, in the mm-hmm. conference, probably like lower middle. You know, we're talking, I would say, ninth to 12th. It's probably, if they got there, if you were going to rank offensive lines, I think you would take that right now at Kentucky. And so there's going to be situations in the season where they're going to have – some difficulty blocking people up front. What helps? What helps the? Uh, what helps to get your run game going if a quarterback can zone read it? Mm-hmm. If you have that, if a quarterback can, you can sneak in and draw scrambles even. Um, that can help. That can help your run game, and I think that's a big part of Hamden's offense. And we heard him talk about being able to run the football. We've been able to do that all three stops, and then getting the explosives off the run game. So that aspect still isn't going to change. You know, Kentucky's play action with Cohen, I think, was, I mean, excellent, really, his two years here. I thought their play action stuff was very, very good. Even at times where they couldn't even run the ball well, they could still play action and get guys open that way. I don't think that's going to change, but I think you – a big takeaway I want people to have from this is that, one, he wants them to be more efficient, and that is a big goal. But staying explosive is also a goal. And he talked about how big of an emphasis they're going to put on that, about being able to be explosive specifically off of that run game in the pass game. That was his, his first three points. It was first, figure out what the hell these guys do best. Right, figure right? out your roster. And then two, getting them to understand how to operate using different tempos. Three, still being creative and to become explosive, right? Like finding different ways to get these guys the ball in open space so they can make big plays. Um, I've got a question for you first, but Luckett, I, I do need to remind the folks out there that Monticello Bank is the proud presenting sponsor of 11 Personnel. They've been in business for over 125 years because they're putting people first. They're putting the numbers on your side to make sure you're getting the best rates, whether it's a car loan, which might need to be doing that soon, like it, sadly. Uh, home loan, uh, which you did just recently, right. or just some personal professional banking assistance. They're a local bank. They will get you the best rate possible where people matter. Monticello Bank, there's a location near you, and if there's not, NBCBank.com or use the Go NBC mobile app. Bank wherever you go, wherever the cats go, with Monticello Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Big shout out to Monticello Bank. I, it was fun, like it. I was just, you know, tuning in the news the other day. 
in the morning, I'm like, oh, there's the Monticello Bank ad. We, we had that on the podcast. Hey, I know those guys. Yeah, I know those it's people. like the, uh, DiCaprio off of uh, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There you go. The famous meme. Which, by the way, did you see in the news there, the zoo's bringing the train back? I did. We made, Man. We were talking about that at the house. It is. In, if you're not from Louisville, I mean, you, even if you're not from there, you probably went to the zoo, rode the train when you were a kid. Um been shut down a long time yeah and i was actually working for the law office that represented a lot of the people that got injured in the train wreck because somebody had it cranked up too high so um that's that's been about a decade they're going to bring it back and the biggest thing like it you you probably get there next year baker will be old enough but you'll have uh the the boo at the zoo right the best part of going there is a kid was riding the train and then the headless horseman chases you mm-hmm. now he's just standing there on his horse it's like well, that's not as cool. Like, he's yeah, just, a, yeah. just a guy on a horse. I remember that when I was a kid. Headless yeah. horseman chasing your ass? That'll, that'll put the fear of God in you. Which, uh, speaking of fear of God, I, I, there was one part of this where Hamden, you know, he, he sounds like pretty professional. Yeah. When, when, he, when he's up there, you know. He's not trying to, you know, be Mr. Joe Cool. Shannon Dawson had a lot of Joe Cool to him when he was behind the microphone. Uh, Bush, pretty straightforward, but he, he does have a light. Uh, he brought a little bit of levity to the situation because every Mark Stoops play caller has been on the field kind of guy. Bush was asked, you, you uh, going to be uh, on the field or up in the press box guy? And he said, you know, like my coffee. He's one of us like it. He, is he wants to be in the press box just pounding coffees. And I can't say I blame him. And thankfully, he's not like Mark Stoops where he's got to have his sugary, milky, mocha, whatever. He's straight black coffee. One of us. One of us. Do they have, in the coach's box, do they have a coffee maker in there or do they have to come out and get one? I've seen Drake Jackson getting a coffee from the – I thought I had – I think I've seen Courtney Love out there too. Yeah. That's what I thought. I just didn't know. Yeah. Which, by the way, is Drake, is he too old for GA anymore? I don't, I guess it depends. I don't really know. Would it be a second year? Is it second or third? He might, they might be the situation where they would move, like they did Just with get, CJ Conrad, move him into a QC. Yeah. Spot. Something random to keep an eye on. But that will be something different, uh, adjusting to an offensive coordinator up in the press box. I do dislike, though, that he straight up, yeah, if there's coffee up there, I like it, which. Um, was talking with my cousin on the way up to the booth at Cardinal Stadium, and we were just talking about the spreads at different stadiums. So, I mean, yes, there's a benefit to that, but you best believe those coaches, they know what the spreads are at the different stadiums just as well as we do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, Kroger Field, come on. You name Kroger Field. Like, let's get a, let's get a better spread up there. Let's get some uh, si- simple truth. Let's get some simple truth products. Some seltzer waters. Some of their hummus. Some, let's just get the popcorn back. Get the popcorn machine back cranked up. Do you uh, regular popcorn, kettle corn? Regular. Yeah, yeah. Although I did, uh, the wife went to Sam's and she got the the Smart Pop. Yes. And it was Dorito flavored. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's dangerous. Uh, and she didn't like it. So you've got to finish all this Dorito flavored popcorn next. So it's been it's been great for the diet. What else about Bush Hamden have we not talked about? We, 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 he hammered home the college-friendly thing a lot. Mm-hmm. That was – we got that hammer out, hit the nail. And 
we haven't got to – he didn't just go out and say Brock Vandergrift's my starting quarterback. I don't think he mentioned any players by name. He said Brock's name once in the press conference. So, when, so it was Brock got mentioned and then Jamori Macklin. Those are the only two names mentioned. But I did like what he had to say about not just running the quarterback, but all – he said, I'm not going to take the job unless you like the quarterback room, right? Especially when he brought Malachi Nelson over uh, to Boise State. Yeah, I think he mentioned that, like, leaving Boise was, he said, the hardest decision of his coaching career. Just for everything that happened, right? They get, they fire their coach, they still win the conference. Mr. Danielson, who'd been there forever, gets promoted. And then they go out and they get Malachi Nelson. They get two receivers from the portal. They get Ashton Genty, who will be one of the best running backs in college football this season, to stay at Boise State. So they had – a lot of good things going there. So I think that wasn't easy for him. And then he said that he got called mid last week, Nick. So we would assume Tuesday or Wednesday he got a call. Yeah. The job opened the, that Friday before. So to me, I was like, did Mark Stoops wait five days to call someone? I don't think he did. It makes it seem maybe um, they might have pivoted to Hamden. Yeah. That's what that seems like to me. Um, so who, who that ended up being, we won't know. They had kept that search pretty – yeah. Locked up. There. You can speculate about a few names, and maybe that's why it was a good thing that no names were leaked out because then it doesn't look like that Kentucky whiffed on a Tommy Reese or a Will Stein or anything like that. Yeah, and then I also think he brought up the relationship with the offensive line coach. I think it's going to be critical here with Eric Wolford. Um, we all know Kentucky wants to run the football, and we all know they got to get better on the offensive line. And so – Bush Hayden is going to be a big part of that, along with Eric Wolford, like assisting him. And those two are going to build Kentucky's run game uh, this season. You mentioned it on a previous podcast, but I do think it is worth stating. We thought there was going to be some turnover on the staff. Yeah. But not necessarily this much on offense either. Three, three out of five position coaches out. 60% of your offensive staff flipped. And one of those guys is a, a new guy. So getting to gel is imperative early on. Uh, we still don't have specific dates for spring practice, but that's usually uh, first or second week of March. Yeah, I think they're still on a timeline here where I think they could still Ooh, pull that off. Peak, can you pull up uh, when UK spring break is? Because it's always – they always get into – They break it up around. They there. get in two or three practices before because they can't go full pads right away. they got to integrate them. So they usually burn those before spring break. So, Peak, if you can find those spring break dates for us, we'll figure out exactly. Spring break March is – 11th through 16th. So it'll the SEC be, tournament week. So March 11th through 16th. So that means we're three weeks away from the start of spring practice, if I'm not mistaken. It'll be in March uh, – carry the fourth. Fourth. Fourth or fifth, yeah. um, so Hamden doesn't have a lot of time. I'm sure much of the next few weeks is simply just watching film on these guys, right? Going to meetings, getting to know them. Um, there's different rule restrictions as far as you know. I don't think they can see them throwing the football right now. Yeah, right? I think. A, but yeah, with with that, it's a recruiting dead period right now until mm-hmm. March starts back up. So, fourteen days. Really, for him, this is a good time. Any and any new hire with college, this is a good time to like get to know your roster, yeah, right? Yeah. And start to figure out the guys on your team and get acclimated with uh, the personnel in your building. And I think that's and along with playbook, book implementation, um, inst- pre-install, 
type stuff. I think you're going to see a lot of that here. Well, that's what will be happening. We won't see a lot of it, but that's what will be happening over there in the facility in the next few mm-hmm. weeks. And then spring practice starts. Then hopefully Kentucky will have some open practices and we'll be, be able to go out there and see what this Bush, Hamden, and Brock Vandegrift match, yeah. what it looks like. Um, I wrote about this week, it went live yesterday at KSR Plus. I really do think they align in a lot of different ways. Hamden's had experience with a transfer. It was a five-star quarterback that played at Georgia. <laughs> so there was a lot of – Jake yeah. Easton goes out to Washington. He plays for Hamden for one year, becomes a draft pick. You mm-hmm. know, had a good season, threw over 3,000 yards. Then I think you look at what he did, Boise State, with the QB run game. I think some of that fits Vandergriff, what he can provide to an offense. And so I think there's a good match between those two right then. And that, I think that is exciting um, going into next year. And that's – I mean, if you want to talk about what's the, <laughs> the two most important individuals on yeah, Kentucky's football yeah. roster in 2024, uh, when I write that post, as I do every summer, that they might be one and two out to shoot. So yeah. – um, getting them on the same page and them building a good relationship, I think, is really important. Uh, there is actually somebody that he already has a relationship with. That was the other player he mentioned was Jamori Macklin because he's coached Jamori Macklin. Jamori Macklin was in his position room at Missouri uh, when he was the wide receivers coach for Eli Drinkwitz for a couple of years before moving into QB coach and calling plays there for a little bit. So there's already a relationship established there. Uh, JMO too, great nickname. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that's just an awesome nickname. So uh, we learned about that today. He said he's a really hard worker, uh, wishes things would have worked out at Missouri, but they didn't. And now it's a, it's a full circle moment, which uh, kind of brings us to the, the one quote that was brought up from the last press conference, um, planting roots. It's Bush Hamden planting roots. And lucky he got asked about commitment and he was smart to not make any promises um, because he knows he's very well aware that he's bounced around a lot, and that's kind of the nature of this uh, landscape in college football. But he also was like, yeah, I mean, I, I think he wanted that job in 21, didn't get it, right. and now he's got this opportunity. He was like, there's, not, there's only so many of these jobs. I did find it funny when he was like, this doesn't happen very often. I was like, says the – you haven't been covering five straight <laughs> coordinator searches, but I, I'm curious what this buyout's going to be. Roland, yeah. Justin Rowland has said that um, he, hears, he hears it's going to be a big buyout, um, but I, you know we'll, we'll see about that. But at least he, you know, he said one of the biggest parts, one of the most attractive parts of this job was the continuity and the relationship and the tenure that Stoops and Barnard have had over the last 12 years. The uh, old university alignment mm-hmm. that we get thrown out there every once in a while. To me, Nick, I think you look, Pete Thamel leaks it out Saturday that they're reaching, they're a couple days away from mm-hmm. reaching terms. It takes five days, essentially, for that to become public, for them to reach an agreement. I have to wonder if the buyout negotiations are part of that. I think that's a fair thing to be curious about. Yeah. So be interested to see what that that looks like when – UK does publicly release the contract term, not only for him, but for Eric Wolford as well. Uh, and you can understand it from UK side, why would they would want to do that? Yeah. Um, not necessarily to like protect somebody from getting a job 
better, but like there's a lateral move. You know, we can already like the Bucks job is better OC job than Kentucky, obviously. Yeah. But but was going to be the Rams uh, non-play calling OC. You know, you get it on the surface, but to protect them from at least after one year, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, to give them some um, protection there, and, and from Wolford leaving to take another OL job in the the conference. Yeah. Well, and the other part of it too is also. You want to be able to – Kentucky's got to overpay. That You just have to overpay for a lot of these positions. So in order to be able to, if your guy's leaving, you got to get something in return, right? Like that's just – it's a dollars and cents thing. So I, I think it makes sense from that standpoint. Uh, those contract terms will be out within a week or two. Um, it's typically how long it takes for – it goes public. I believe we've got Dykel Shorts. What is he getting paid? You wrote about it, didn't you? I did. I th- it's towards the low end of Kentucky assistance. It's like somewhere three fifty or something like I that. I think it might be four hundred, but somewhere yeah, around there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once again, a lot of turnover. Uh, I don't want to leave Bush Hamden, but I just I immediately I said turnover, and I started thinking about all of the turnovers that didn't happen in the Super Bowl. So many fumbles. So many of them recovered. Let's talk Super Bowl for a minute, can we? Sure. Because I want a lot of money on FanDuel. I was this close to winning a lot more money on FanDuel during the Super Bowl because the parlays we gave out on KentuckySportsRadio.com, we just needed Pacheco to hold on to the ball. If he doesn't fumble it inside the 10, if he gets in the end zone, that's a 5-1 to winner that we gave out. But still, we told you Chiefs money line, Patrick Holmes MVP. Chiefs, they're inevitable. Make sure that you're getting in on the action. I know football season's over. College basketball season, this is where you got to, you know, exercise those gambling muscles, right? College basketball, it's a beast. It's, it's hard to kind of figure out the time right. Get it right now before the NCAA tournament starts by signing up for FanDuel. Use promo code PERSONNEL. Place a $5 bet. If that wins, you'll get 200 bucks in bonus bets when you sign up at 11person – not 11personnel.com. We don't have 11personnel.com. <laughs> what if we did? Like, people were just going to look at formations. They find 11 personnel. That'd be great. But no, it's FanDuel.com. FanDuel.com slash personnel. Place that $5 bet. Get 200 bucks in bonus wagers. But remember, must be 21 plus and present in Kentucky. First online, real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus bets which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Gosh, that Pacheco touchdown just really irked me because he thought he's got to get one of them in. And when the, the Hardman caught it out of the backfield, I couldn't tell what number it was at first. I was like, come on, be Pacheco, be Pacheco. Um, but it was a, an ex, a boring, exciting game. I mean, we had a, it had a very Big Ten football feel about it in that first half. To me, I saw all those takes, but I was like, where are you all on week seven? This is every NFL game. Like, are you just too – you're too focused on red zone, right? Like, you're too, you think it's like this all the time, but this is how these games play out a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. Close, slugfest, and then boom. Like, that is – I saw 12 Detroit Lions games like that this year where just kind of feeling each other out and then a huge explosive fourth quarter. This is how – NFL games work a lot of the time. It's just that so far for the, during the postseason, the Chiefs had struck early, kind of gotten hot. I think the Bills game might have been the one exception maybe to and the that. the Niners had fallen down big holes early. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was part of the reason why early on I was a little nervous about that Chiefs money line bet. But when you were inching closer to halftime, 
felt like the middle eight was huge. It felt like the 49ers should have been a lot up a lot more. So I went to that FanDuel money line and dipped it in that live well and got him at plus 250 or so, which Chiefs plus 250. Yeah, the middle eight was huge there because there was, a, I think there was a third down or a fourth, who was third down and I think they got the false start and made it third and 11. They convert and they go down and kick a field goal, right? To, to what, what would that make it? 10 6 and a half? Something like that? No, it was, it was 10 3. They, they, kicked, they were down seven. Okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. Either way, they get points there. Yeah. Don't get points. San Francisco goes out and scores. It kind of felt like the game would have been over. Yeah. Um, so that was a big, and they come out and get the stop out of half. So that was really that, and then the McCaffrey fumble yeah. was huge because they're going to score there, at least get three. Mm-hmm. And that second possession, they got the second or third possession, they moved the ball. They really could have been up seven, somewhere between 10 and 17 to nothing. Yeah. And they, they were up three San, to nothing. San Francisco. And that's that's the thing with Patrick Mahomes is a lot of this game is being argued, debated, argued about just how they executed end of game, right? But not to steal a lot from John Calipari, but they really did lose that game in the first half because they didn't pounce early on. Yeah. You, you have to make it almost an insurmountable lead in order to put Patrick Mahomes away. Because that guy won't die. He just won. Um, well, we've Chiefs, seen it time and time again. Chiefs got a top five defense who've just been awesome all year, specifically against the pass. And they were just they were just able to kind of figure out the Niners after the opening script from Shanahan. Um, got the clip got empty, and so the big thing is they didn't get enough points out of that opening when they might have had like a little bit of an advantage over the Chiefs, and that was really kind of the game. And then I go to. At the end, when you're when you're against Mahomes, like you just can't give them the ball back right there at the end, right? I, my, so they they don't pick up the blitz when McDuffie comes from off the side. Like you gotta convert there, and you have to. It has either has to be a field goal at the horn, or like that's you. If, if you give him the ball back, you're either losing or you're going to overtime. Well, it's just it's so funny because people were killing Dan Campbell for being too aggressive. And then the 49ers got too conservative. They're on the nine-yard line, and you're kicking a field goal that's in a, overtime? That's another one. To give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes? You think he's going to – think the Chiefs are going to settle for a field goal? Yeah. Like, just, just go for it. It's, I know it's probably a yard and a half further than you would like, but you don't have a – it's four yards. Yeah, here's the thing with the overtime. If you go second, you control your destiny no matter what. Yeah. No matter what happens first. And the Chiefs knew that they – they had to go for it on fourth and one in like on like the twenty five yard because play. because if they don't if they if the team doesn't score then it becomes sudden death right then second team has the ball yeah if they do kick a field goal you know you know either you're gonna tie it and give them the ball back or you can go and score and win like it's sudden death right away once you're the second team and you have the ball so you know and even they score a touchdown like this is what I was trying to get across to people why would anyone Score a touchdown to tie the game and then not go for two. Why would you give the other team the ball? <laughs> there's, there's no in a reason. That situation, when you have the ball at the three-yard line, if you get it, You're the winning. game's over. That yeah. makes no sense to me. Why would you, you give them the ball? It's much easier to score from three yards away than to get a stop and then go score from 60, 70, so, 80 yards away. So when I hear Kyle Shanahan say we thought getting the ball third just was the way to do it, I, that makes no sense to me. Why would the Chiefs say, you know, the only way that will work out is if – you uh, two teams get a stop, right? Or you kick a field goal. Uh, 
and you held, held them to a field goal. But why would you trust your defense that they were going to, like, on that fourth and four? You really thought you were going to hold Mahomes to a field goal again? I mean, they've done it all game, but, like, eventually the dam's going to burst. So, to me, like, in any of those situations, you've got, like, there's so many more pros, in my opinion, by taking the ball second. You control your own destiny when you take the ball second. You don't when you take the ball first. Can I just say, too, how, why can't, why can't this be the overtime? I mean, they're basically doing college overtime, but with a full field. Why don't they just make it like that year round? I don't, I don't understand it. Cause it would make the, it was funny though. Like it, there was part of me that just, I was like, what? They're going to let the clock run out. The clock's going to run out. The game's going to be over. But it's like, no, 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 no. That's not how the rules work. If the clock would have expired and Chiefs had the ball and it was still the first possession, they would have just done a different overtime, which is just hilarious. That's so silly. I, just do college overtime. Each team gets a possession. You just got to answer back and forth. Yeah. Like it just, it just, from a logical standpoint, and it's almost like they're jumping through all these hoops to get to the end point that they could have gotten to 15 years ago. And if you want to make it more difficult, say no field goals in overtime and do the college overtime rules or start at the 40, right? I mean, 50, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this could be much, much simpler. I don't know why they just don't do that, but it was funny. Because I, you're scrolling through all the bets on Sunday morning, looking on Fanduel, and one of them was game goes to double overtime, and I was like, has a game ever gone to double overtime? And we were three, we were we were a play away from it. And I even look at it like, what the 49ers, What is your biggest strength? It's your offense and your play caller, right? So why would you take that away? I, I that's why it doesn't make much sense to me. Like, um, even then on the fourth and four, like you got. Like, your defense is in a better situation there trying to since they're backed up, mm-hmm. at least. Where if you just need a field goal, if they get the ball at the 25 with Bucker, if they get across the 40, it's he's probably making it. Right, right. Inside. Yeah, it was just uh, – I just don't think they really thought that through. And I think college has taught us that, that going second, like, you just see – you, you want to control your destiny. How, how do you go about that? And you, you Going second, you can win the game. No matter what, no matter what happens on the first possession, you can win the game. There's three scenarios, right? You get a stop, they kick a field goal, they get a touchdown. In all of those, you can respond by by winning. I I just I have dawned in my head: Has anybody ever gone first in college and it worked out? And it happened this year. And we were driving back home. That's right. Listening to Coach Prime, and it wasn't Jed Fish, was it? Yeah, it was Jeff Fish. Fish went first too. Yeah, they they had no idea. Oh, yeah, that was when we were down at the bowl game. Gosh, some real. Where were we? I don't know. No, we were in Columbia. Either way, some weird overtime decision making. Uh, but now we're stuck in a weird post football world. We don't have the sense of urgency because there's not an offense coordinator search. We're in. We're officially in the dead period. A couple things though that we didn't hit on with Bush Hamden that I did want to mention. Uh, because he talked about uh, recruiting, uh, and he mentioned in his office, he's like, well, we, it's a pretty good guys coming in at Boise State. But the other part that I, I like to hear is that when talking about the transfer portal and other things, is he's like, this is college football. We're not going to complain about it. We're just we're going to do it. You have to. You have to be able to do it. So Yeah, I think just on that. Uh, nothing against like Scangarella or Cohen, but their goal was to get back to the NFL, right? Where Hamden 
his goal is not to be Kentucky's offensive coordinator. I think that's obvious. But his goal is to stay in college football and be mm-hmm. a college football head coach. And so there's that. I think he just made that note, kind of saying that. It's what, what I took from that. Yeah, yeah. And that goes back to what we started with, where the college-friendly offense, it's more of just integrating some NFL into a college system rather, rather than vice versa. Um, because we got the Kyle Shanahan shout-out. I love that. Something about Shanahan McVay, they love the marriage of the run and the pass. That's a, that's a phrase they love. So we did get some of the kind of snappy words. Uh, critical. Loves the word critical. Yes. Big fan of the word critical. The most happy man, I think, of this hire should probably be Chip Trano. Right? He comes to Kentucky to be uh, finally get a chance to be an RB1. Now, he, they made a change, but he's playing for an offensive coordinator who's done nothing but produce 1,000-yard rushers. Each year, he's been a play caller. Yeah. He's playing for a head coach who wants to run that rock. Chip Trainum, uh, if, you, if you can get all SEC odds, I think you should invest in those because he's going to get the ball, and he's probably going to run for 1,000 yards this year. Uh, I like, too, that uh, Hamden talked about their explosive play percentage. Yes. Their uh, efficient – you know, he was – Hey, the numbers say what we are, and that's it's not a little showing his process is somewhat data driven as a play caller. Yeah, and, and it should be because that's how you know we tell the story first, and then to provide further analysis, we get into the data. Yeah, I believe he said, you know, if you're I think he was talking about out of formation or out of personnel. I don't know, maybe it was, personnel the, it was concepts, he was finding the co- concepts and personnel groupings that yeah. work, and then. Seeing which ones are working and which ones aren't based on uh, some of the data. If they're yeah. working, we need to run these more. And not just out of field. Yeah. Uh, although I do, in to one of Brock's Vandegrift, one of the first things he says is when he got here, is he's like, you know, most of us colleges, we run the same stuff, right? We run the same concepts. It's just different names. And Bush was saying, like, hey, he's probably been running a lot of this stuff since he was in seventh grade. So we need to know what he's comfortable with. So when there's 61,000 people in the stadium and it's nut cutting time, right. what can we go to that they're comfortable in that they can do with their eyes closed? It's the puke play. I'm semi-pro. You got to, when in doubt, just run puke. And you can run that even after you puke. Just just run it like you're blind. So, uh, yeah. And I think just on Hamden in general, if you kind of just start to look at him, this type of play caller, he's shown evolution, I think, in the first three years where he, they were different when he got a play-calling opportunity in Missouri. It was a little different than it was at Washington. And then when at Boise State, you saw more um, QB run and more spread type stuff. So he's shown some adaptability, but he still does some things, you know, in that pro-style family that Kentucky's going to like. They're still going to run zone. Like, they've been a heavy zone team. I don't think that's going away with him. They're still going to run some mid-zones, mid-stretch zones. Stuff they tried to run the last couple of years with Scangarello and Cohen. Still going to do that. They're still going to play action pass. I think that's going to be a big part of the offense. But they're also going to sprinkle in more, I would say, spread alignments. Uh, you know, instead of breaking the huddle and getting the line at 10 seconds, they're going to get there with 22 seconds on the play clock. So that in general is going to allow you to, to run more plays. And so I think the phrase was college friendly. I think that's what you're going to see more of from a pre-snap operation mm-hmm. and then from a after or from an alignment standpoint. Bush Hamden, Kentucky's new offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, he had a lot of nice things to say about Chris Peterson. 
We've dug into some of it already. There's plenty of quotes on the site. You can watch this entire press conference on the KSR YouTube channel. We're going to have a lot more from this throughout the day on Friday as well. Um, but do you got any you got any more final thoughts, Mr. Lockett, on this this new guy, the new guy? We've, we've done this a few times now. And my biggest thing is just net, the, the question I started with, did he win the press conference? It's it's pretty easy to win a press conference, right? <laughs> who's lo- who's some famous people who have lost a press conference? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't happen very often. Um, Dan Campbell lost his press conference. He got roasted. Yeah, look how he turned out. Which I think that's the it. He said some things. No one that, cares. I mean, like this is nice for today, but no one's yeah, going to care. And I think I think he really did make a good amount of good first impression. Yeah, he made a good first impression on a lot of people. Were saying, "Who's this guy?" You know, you, you saw a lot of that on the board, just the way that he sold himself. I think a lot of people are picking up what he's putting down. But, you know, the jury's out. We, we, we're, right. we're, we're not going to know until we know. In the next eight, nine months or so, is just us trying to learn more and more to try to figure out, all right, this is kind of what we think it's going to be, but how well will that – how good is it going to look on Saturday? Right. I think you've got to revisit – the Cohen leaves, or what What do we think, or what are the checkpoints I think Mark Stoops is going to value? And we didn't get to hear from him today, so we didn't talk about it. But I think extensive college experience was wanted. He checks that box, right? At, at, at the SEC level, too. I think, and the Pac-12. You know, we've heard Brock Vandergriff talk. We've heard Mark Stoops talk. and We've heard them. They will, they do have an offense. They want to stay in kind of that pro-style family, I would say. Yeah. I think he checks that box. And then I think they wanted someone who could help maybe – they're not going to be a tempo offense, again, but speed up the play-calling operation. I think last two years, Nick, I think the huddling and the breaking the huddle and the reading the play calls, they had some issues with operating efficiently in that regard. So I think they wanted someone who could maybe operate in a different structure, maybe no huddle or whatever. I think he checks that box. And the one I had was I wanted – I you know, this – Hire's got to be a high floor hire to me. Like, they need to hit a solid in-the-gap double here. Yeah, instead of swinging for the fence. You know, we've seen them take variant swings, I think three in the Mark Stoops era. I think we've seen them take a huge swing on uh, Shannon Dawson, who didn't really – was had a very minimal Power 5 experience and didn't call plays at West Virginia. And then I think we saw them take a big swing on Liam Cohen 1.0. Worked out very well. They hit a home run there. And then they took a swing on Rich Gangarello, who had no kind of power conference experience. And that was a strikeout, obviously. And so I, I, th- I thought with this hire, they really couldn't afford another huge, like, chance there, rolling yeah. the dice there. I think you had to hit a solid double, and I think Bush Hamden is that. I think he brings a high floor to um, this football organization. And I think, like, I, I think we're going to get into the season, and I don't think we're going to be six games in, and we're going to be thinking, this guy stinks. Right? It's and other times that has happened where you got six, seven games in, you're like, wow, this just isn't working. I don't think that's going to happen here. Now, how good he ends up being is to be determined, but I think he brings a half a floor here. He's worked in the conference. Mm-hmm. Recently, he's worked in the conference. He's even called plays in the conference in a small sample size and had success. He's coached at Kroger Field. He's coached at Kroger Field. <laughs> he, you know, I think there's well, some boxes and, there. And, and, and kind of dig into well, him. He's had some success recruiting, which – it's big here because, I mean, the Skanger, that was one of the big things about the Scangarella hire. Take out the game aside, 
how long could you have gone with him with what he was bringing from a recruiting aspect right. of quarterback? And that's the reason they got rid of, you know, the, the, why the Grand Air ultimately failed is because they couldn't recruit well enough at quarterback and receiver specifically. In the one of the boxes, too, that Liam Cohen wanted to check, it was one of the first things he talked about was an efficient running game. Well, Bush well, has done that. Even Cohen last year before the Louisville game says, we're still going to be pro style, but we got to figure out a way to maybe blend some college concepts and setups where we can play faster. Yeah. And that's what they just tired to me. Like to me, that's that's what he is bringing here. Yeah. Is that when even Liam Cohen went on record and said what they needed to do. Yeah. The guy yeah. who's replacing him is going to do that. So it, it makes makes a lot of sense. Um, one of my favorite things that you've pointed out throughout this process was uh, you were digging through the tape and you found a wildcat uh, run on third and short that scored a touchdown. In the biggest game of the year. <laughs> it's Kentucky offensive coordinator. Uh, Again, I, Chip Trainum should be a happy man. <laughs> Chip Trainum should be a happy man. And uh, I'm sure prospects will come maybe with us again. If we get the over-under on Chip Trainum rushing yards, you know what? One of Luckett's locks is going to be before the season starts. Oh, run the damn ball. That's right. Well, run the Bush ham damn ball. No? Well, we'll have to work on nicknames. Yeah. The Bushwhacker? You ever had one of those? Well, those are pretty good. You know, say, could we do a, a Bush, like the old George Bush presidential campaigns? You could do Bush and Brock on one of those? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you could. Uh, Bush Vandy instead of Cheney? And I don't like Vandy for Vandergriff. That makes him sound like he's I'm just doing Bush and Bob. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Bushwhacker. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bush Bush Heavy. Yeah. Uh, Bush Light. Whenever. No. Ooh, of, uh, whenever. Go on. Go on is Bush Heavy. Yeah. yeah. We, even, we even got him talking about him losing sleep over do we have enough uh, two point plays <laughs> on the two point on, menu. So I love calling it a two point menu. Yeah, because I want to open up the like it makes me like visualize the play call like, huh? What do we have here? Ooh, the two point menu. I yeah. think I'll take one of. It's like uh, the, yeah. the, the the you can't read. You don't know what language it's in. You're at the Vietnamese restaurant, so you just take. I'll take um, K two. Yeah, K two. And overall, I just think they're heading into a big year. We all know this. Yeah. We've talked about this hundreds of times. But I think there's a lot of real legitimate reasons to be optimistic about this offensive coordinator hire. We'll see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. But this is a guy who's had nothing but efficient offenses, top 40 in success rate every year. Every offense he's been a part of as a coordinator has thrown for over 3,000 yards as a unit, and they produce 1,000-yard rushers each year. Throwing for 3,000 yards for this program has been an absolute freaking chore. So well, I, I'm skeptical that he'll check that box, but I think he checks some other boxes for Kentucky. Um, and I don't think we'll see them dead last in place again, Nick. Um, we'll see how it plays out. But just from an operation standpoint, they're going to move faster. And I think they're going to be more efficient, especially with turning off what they return up front. So um, I think there's reasons to believe that this hire could work out well yeah. for Kentucky. Could work out well. Um, we'll find out. When's kickoff? I don't know. I don't know August thirty first. August? It's weird. It's like March Madness. Half of it's being played in April. We, we get the the double buy this year. For how this Love a double buy. Love it. 
just really stretch things out, makes it last longer. We need better. We still need better week zero games. Georgia Tech, some flex Georgia team. Tech, Florida State doesn't move the needle for me. I mean, I mean, it's better than last year's Notre Dame Navy's. Yeah, yeah. I guess it could be worse. Well, we appreciate you all for tuning into Eleven Personnel. We'll be back with more next week. Who knows what we're going to talk about, but we'll figure it out. Uh, until then, enjoy some bush light. <laughs> go Cats and go Kroger.